thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome today to Jesus the Healer. We saved you a seat. Yes. <laughs> Come on in and have a good time around the Word. We're all here because we're hungry for what God has for us. We're hungry for that Word that changes everything. Yes. And it's the doing of the Word when we're going to become a partaker of that all-conquering Word. Amen. We've been taking several episodes and we have been teaching on our authority and our dominion in Christ. Because when we walk in our authority, things are held in check in our life. They don't go off the rail. Um, there are some, uh, um, you know, I travel, I travel a lot and you can get on some, um, in airports, these trams, right? And they're on these tracks and you can see it's not just necessarily a free standing wheel. They are on a, the, the track has like a claw. It holds it, 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 you know, it circles around that track to keep it firm. I tell you what, the Word of God will hold you steady, hold you firm. You're not at risk of derailing when you're a doer of the Word. Amen. That Word will establish you. And so we're just so thankful that when we exercise our dominion and our authority, that which God has provided, it's established in our life. And we're no longer coming up with phrases like, why did God let that happen? We're understanding that God allows what we allow. And so we pay attention to our lives and we say, if we don't like the direction some arena is going, we take our authority, we take our dominion and we deal with it. We address it. Amen. So we've been taking in these episodes, our golden text, which is Psalm chapter eight and verse four. So I, I know you don't tire of hearing it. I don't tire of reading it because it helps us to see what belongs to us. But Psalm chapter eight in verse four, it reads, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? I mean, just to sit back and think, <laughs> uh, it's not just outward visits here. He abides in us now. Yet he does still visit us. Amen. He visits us as we feed on his word. He visits us as we sit under the pastor that he leads us to be under. Uh, He visits us as those people that he puts in our lives have words from him for our lives. Words of encouragement, words of direction. Amen. And so he, thank God he visits us, but he also abides in us. Verse five says, for thou hast made him a little lower than the angels 
And the word there is not angels in the original. The word in Hebrew is Elohim, which is the word for God. So it should read, for God has made man a little lower than himself. Yeah, and has crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. And we've been focusing and emphasizing on this phrase, thou thou madest him to have dominion. We were made for dominion. We were made to rule and reign. Not over people, but over the circumstances of our life, over the the situations that arise. You can't stop the devil from opposing, but you can certainly determine the outcome when he shows up. And that comes through our authority and dominion being exercised. If we sit back with authority and dominion that is not exercised, the devil will will do what he should not do. So it's not enough to have the dominion. We have to use the dominion. Either we will dominate or we will be dominated because somebody's going to be boss on that scene. Somebody. You know, it might as well be you. I used to tell my kids, I said, somebody's ruling this house and it might as well be the one paying the bill and it ain't you. You don't, you, you haven't taken any responsibility for that. So I'm going to get my way in this situation. You're not going to get your way you know, in a way that's going to harm you or hurt you. Well, even so, we can't let the devil have his way. And through the exercise of our dominion and our authority, we say, not here, not here, not in my home, not in my life, not in my mind, not in my body, not in my children, not in my business. Amen. And it's a daily consistent exercise that is called for. A daily consistent exercise of that dominion and authority. It's not a random periodic exercise yeah. that will ha- will experience the highest flow yeah. of what 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 happens with our dominion and authority. It, it's a continual, just a daily yeah. lifestyle of it. And it's not because we're demon conscious. Right. We're not demon conscious. Right. We're victory conscious. Yes. And you're not taking my victory from me. Yeah. We're not, when it says that we're watchful and we're vigilant, is what Peter says, be, be sober, be vigilant, be watchful. We're not watching for the devil. We're watching for the fulfillment of yes. God's word. Yes. And we're making sure that the one who, war, who walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, he's not going to steal yeah. what belongs yeah. to yeah. us. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We've been going and looking the last couple of episodes at a verse that we want to go back to, and then we'll go further from there. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. And the King James translation reads this. It says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ. My, 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 my. Always, always, always. And maketh manifest, or the manifestation, the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. So uh, knowledge brings the answers in the manifestation. I want to look at the Coney Bear translation, though, of these verses. And the Coney Bear translation says, But thanks be to God, who leads me on from place to place, in the train of his triumph. So every place is to be a triumph. And then how do we express our victory, our triumph there? The next phrase tells us to celebrate his victory over the enemies of Christ. The enemies of Christ are demons. 
uh, demon powers that try to rule through men. Men aren't the problem. It's demons behind that. And so we notice this. How do we partake of that triumph, that victory that is ours, we celebrate. Yes. That is that is us demonstrating the knowledge that the victory is already ours. Yes. At the time that we show up, yes. we're not waiting for victory to show up. Victory showed up with us. Yes. Amen. Amen. We're not waiting for circumstances to offer us victory because many circumstances don't. They offer defeat. They offer, they offer trouble. They offer harassment. They offer fear and doubt and worry. We're not taking what they offer. We brought our own victory to this place of opposition and that victory will rewrite the ending. Amen. So we need to, we need to purpose when we know something, we need to be purposefully entering into that celebration. How do you celebrate? Rejoicing. Praising. Do yourself a little victory. Work work it, work it, work it. (laughs) You know? Why? Stir yourself up. Because when you know something, when you know the right thing, you celebrate. You celebrate. Amen. I want you to turn with me, if you would, to the book of Philippians in chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, and we're going to read out the Amplified Classic Translation. So follow along with us in that, if you would. Philippians chapter 1, verse 28 reads, And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. Look at that. That's a mouthful. Do not for a moment, meaning every moment can be free from the enemy's uh, harassment. Yes, he can show up, but he can't even get a moment. Not even a moment in our life. Now that takes practice. I said that takes practice, being a doer of the word. So do not for a moment. So notice when we have weeks or months of being mentally harassed or troubled some way, we've gone beyond this this command. Do not for a moment. So at the moment opposition shows up, get your authority and dominion on site. Get it, get it in play. Exercise it. Uh, do not for a, don't, don't give opposition one moment. One moment is too long. And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated. I don't care how bold and how loud something is against you. You know, symptoms can be bold and loud. Threats of fear can be bold and loud. You, you just come right back at it. Uh, I was I was watching uh, something came up online that I, I I was watching this man and you could tell this was not his first rodeo. This man he was like a wilderness man, you know. You could tell he had spent some time in the outdoors and he was in a more of a remote area and a mountainous area, and uh, he was he he was with somebody else and he was walking out in front. And this bear came out at him and came up behind him and charged at him. And he did not just turn around and go, oh, he did not even take a 
moment to respond. Now, listen. I am no wildlife expert. <laughs> I am not telling you what to do in this situation. I'm just telling you what I saw. Okay, I saw him do because I thought this man has experience. This man, like I said, this is not his first rodeo. He's been on this ride before. <laughs> but that bear came out behind him and started charging him and he turned around and when in one fell swoop, he went, Bah I mean, he just went at that bear. He didn't freeze up. I don't, listen, I don't know what the proper response is. Don't don't write me and ask me. Don't, don't, I'm not and I'm not preaching a proper response. I'm just saying it was not even a moment he gave to that situation. He did not cower down in the face. He immediately went back and made himself look large. He went out all and he went, I mean, every limb spread out and went right back at him. And that bear tucked tail and took off running. It was impressive. What if he would have hesitated? In the hesitation is the devil's opportunity. Do not for a moment. Don't hesitate. Pick up your authority. Yes. Don't wonder. Well, will it work? Pick up your authority yes. in that moment yes. and exercise your dominion. Exercise yes. your authority. Yes. Uh, that hesitation, mm-hmm. uh, yes. it, it can mean what happens right. in, yes. not only next, but for a while. Yes. <laughs> yes. That man, I mean, it could have been a matter of life and death if he would have hesitated. Right. So do not for a moment be frightened. Don't let fear cause you to hesitate and get into that mental arena. You get in that mental arena and your head can talk you out of the victory flow. That's why we have to renew our minds so that we know immediately the answer. And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. So that lets us know that when the devil opposes, he's going to offer something that could frighten. Something that could uh, intimidate if you don't think right. Um, So don't for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything. Even if it's something you've messed up on. Sometimes we've opened the door through our wrong actions and we've opened the door and the devil comes in you know, and tries to oppose us, even at that moment, don't be afraid that you have to accept defeat because victory still belongs to you. Get that door closed. Just run over and get that door closed. Get him out and get that door closed. And says, for such constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign or proof and seal to them, to the adversary of their impending destruction, meaning they're going to be the ones suffering at the end of this. But a sure token and evidence of your deliverance and salvation and that from God. Amen. Amen. So our immediate response of the exercise of our authority and dominion matters. When we're opposed, he's letting us know to be fearful, intimidated is the wrong response. It's the wrong response. How are we going to step into our victory? Remember, we just read it in that previous verse in Corinthians. Celebrate. Start celebrating. Oh, no. In the face of this, I know what my answer is. And you celebrate. I know too much. You're not celebrating that you're opposed. You're celebrating that the answer is already in you. The victory is already yours. And you're drawing on it because you have knowledge. Amen. 
Uh, when we walk in the full revelation, when we walk in the revelation of who we are in Christ and we walk in our dominion, things change. Yes. You don't have to live with things being derailed and staying derailed. Because when we start using our dominion, things will start changing around. What about a parent who has laid down their parental authority and a child, the, the child's children start running the household and running it in a different direction in the sense of the atmosphere uh, is uh, it, it, not peaceful, it's combative, all things start going wrong. And that parent decides, you know something, I'm done with this. And they pick back up their authority. Pick it back up. You're authorized. Pick it back up. (laughs) It'll still work for you. You'll have to enforce it and you'll have to stay with it. But things will begin to change once you pick that back up and you stay with it. Amen. When things need to change, start dominating. Start exercising your authority. Go with me to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. And I want us to read in verse 18. You'll recognize this passage, but what a help it is to us to see this. Luke chapter 4 in verse 18. It reads, this is the King James. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now this is what Jesus announced, isn't that right? When he came to his own hometown of Nazareth, he tells the Spirit of the Lord is upon him. Because God has anointed me, Now he's going to give the job description of what that anointing that's upon him is to do. He has anointed me, number one, to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. This is what the anointing, the job description of the anointing on him was to accomplish. Well, that's the anointing that's on the body of Christ. And this is what is to happen through the body of Christ. I want you to go back and let's look in detail just for a moment. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Notice the cure for poverty. Preach the gospel to the poor. The gospel is the cure for lack, not money. The gospel is the cure. You can pan people money all day, but if you never teach them what God's word says and what belongs to them in Christ, they'll run out of that money and they'll be back in the same place of need. So when he, when he approached the poor, he preached the word. Preach the gospel to them. He has anointed me, number one, to preach the gospel to the poor. Number two, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Notice uh, he he comes with answers. The healing is the answer for the brokenhearted. Look at number three, to preach deliverance to the captives. Look at this, to preach deliverance to the captives. It doesn't say to pray for the captives. Is it wrong to pray for people? No. But if they, if they walk free only because you prayed, when the devil comes back to challenge their victory, they're not going to know what to do. So what do we do? We preach 
deliverance. Yes. We tell them what God says. Yes. We tell them what God says yes. because when somebody knows what God says, they can spend it for the rest of their life. Yes. They can spend it in the face of every adversary. Yes. There is a place for prayer, but it is no substitute for the knowledge of the word. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. The knowledge of the word that comes through hearing the word preached is what you have to have in place to live a life of ongoing victory. Yes. You have to know what the word says. It's not about running around and getting this person to pray. Get this person to pray. Uh, sometimes people will say, uh, I wish the preacher would get to the part of the service where he could hurry up and pray for me. We need to hurry up and hear. Yes. Hear the preaching of the word. Because in that, now you hand them the knowledge of their victory and how to use that victory. So it's very critical that we understand that none of this which Jesus articulated involved prayer. It was all about get the word, get the word in them, get the word. Preach the gospel to the poor. It doesn't say pray for them. It says give them the word. It's the word that changes it. The word acted upon, the word believed, the word acted upon. Uh, To preach deliverance to the captive and recovering of sight to the blind and to preach recovering of the sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised. How? Through the preaching. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Anyone who is bound, Mm -hmm. talking about any Christian, Mm -hmm. who is bound, held back, Mm -hmm. or hindered by anything, they need to hear the word. Hear the preaching of the good news of deliverance. Amen. Amen. And so it's, you know, thank God we get the opportunity to pray for people. But in the praying, don't leave out the preaching. You go to pray for a neighbor. That's good. You go to, the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They're talking to you about laying hands on them in using your authority. But always teach people how to walk free. Always teach people how to live free from opposition. Um, We have to become skillful with our authority. There was was one young man, uh, Brother Hagen, who was our spiritual father for decades. He was a spiritual father to my husband and I. And um, he tells the story of how he went to a church years ago and uh, he had called for a healing line of anyone who needed healing. And there was a young man who came up and he, um, he, was, he had suffered for years with epilepsy. So he would have epileptic seizures and they were quite serious. And so Brother Hagen laid hands on him. And um, we went, the next year that Brother Hagen went back to the church, he was sitting on the platform before he was to preach and he looked out and he saw that same young man there. And when he saw that young man, God spoke to Dad Hagen and he said, since you laid hands on him, he said he's never had an epileptic seizure in that year since then, which that was highly unusual because he had them frequently. So there was a definite healing this this boy had received. But then God went on and said, but in recent days, he has had two epileptic seizures. And he said, the reason is, is he went to bed afraid that he would have one. Oh, that's good. So 
God spoke to Brother Hagen and said, call him up, minister to him again, but this time teach him. What was it? Preach deliverance to the captive. You see, that that condition was trying to hold him captive. Preach the deliverance, preach the answer. What do you do in the face of this? So Brother Hagen called him up and he said, now you can, if I missed it, tell me. But he said, this is what God said to me. Now, if I'm missing it, you know, I'll repent. But he said, otherwise, this is what God said to me. The voice says, no, you're exactly right. In in almost the whole year since you've been here, I've never had another seizure. But the last couple nights, I woke up in the middle of a seizure out of my sleep. And Brother Hagen said, the reason is, is because you went to bed afraid. Don't go to bed afraid. Deal with any fear before you fall off to sleep. Take your authority over it and stir up the peace. Worship God. Get your, get your attention on God and his power and his word. Don't go to bread. Don't go to bed. Frightened want to see this is what, this is what Paul said in Philippians one. Do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything. We'll see he went to bed frightened. And in that moment, it was enough of a door for the devil to trouble him. So don't for a moment, don't ever go to bed afraid. Deal with things. Even if you have to stay up a little later than your your normal schedule, it's worth it to not go to bed with the door open to the devil. So Brother Hagen stood there and with that young man, he just taught him. He said, when fear comes, answer it. Talk to it. Tell it you refuse to fear because you are already the healed. And he told him, you know, several other things, but basically he gave him the answer. The way you help people is you give them the knowledge of the word. Tell them their help because the preacher can't always be with the, the, that, that, that Christian, that congregation member. You can't be with them 24 hours a day, but the word is. Amen. So I say to you, it's good and it's right to have someone to pray for you, but it's never a substitute for you knowing the word. Learn the word. Exercise your authority. Amen. Right now, I want to pray with those of you who are watching. And you say, Pastor Nancy, maybe you're troubled in your mind. Maybe there's sickness, disease in your body. I want you to know freedom belongs to you. Wholeness belongs to you. Victory belongs to you. Maybe it's a family situation. Maybe it's a financial situation. Release your faith with us as we pray. Amen. Father, I thank you for that all conquering word. And I say, Satan, you take your hand off God's property. You take your hand off their minds. You take your hand off their bodies. You take your hand off their children, their families, their homes, their business. In Jesus' name. You cannot work your plan because we are free and we celebrate that freedom. We know that in Christ we are free and we receive our help. And in the name of Jesus, that name of all power, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right where you're at, all you have to do is say, thank you. I receive it, Father. Amen.
Yeah. We're able to come to you for one reason, because of the generosity of Kenneth Copeland Ministries, that we're on this network. They sow this time to us. So we invite you, if you're not already, pray about becoming a partner with Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Go to kcm.org and you can sign up there. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In Nancy Dufresne's classic book, The Greatness of God's Power, she teaches how God wants us to know His power that is in our direction. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Come join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Tulsa, Oklahoma at The Rock Church, April 16th through the 20th. For more information and to register, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.